Welcome to another episode of Hair Biz Radio with your host, Zakira and Mikey. <laughs> and today we have a very special guest. Um, when Mikey was telling me about her, I was like, oh, she sounds super dope. <laughs> so today we have on the podcast Tiffany Gatlin, and she owns a hair company. I want her to um, tell you guys the name of the hair company, just how she got started, some background information, because she has an amazing story. So I'm excited to share that with you all today. Hey, guys. Hey. <laughs> yeah, she's, been, she's been through it. She's been through it. Yeah. Hey, girl. How are you? I'm really great. Thank you guys for having me of on. Course. Thank you for joining. Thank it's you. Pleasure. So I was introduced um, to Tiffany through Mikey. So you want to tell a little bit about how you met Tiffany um, and why you said, oh, my gosh, she needs to be on this podcast. Yes. Yeah, actually, <laughs> an interesting story, right? Because I knew about her. And I think I might have, I might have said one thing to you years prior to us actually having lunch together two years ago. So she used to be in a warehouse where, so Todd's warehouse, same mm. warehouse, oh yeah, where we used to, my business partner had a where, former business partner used to have a warehouse in there in the food industry, and then I remember seeing your space. And it was like all these orders being packed and all the stuff. Mm -hmm. You had the bins. And I think I asked you about the bins. Hey, where did you get the bins? And I don't know if it was you or someone else. It was like, oh, we got it from like Uline or something. I don't know where. I think it was Uline. Or I asked about the size. Like, oh, okay, very cool because that's something we need to. Yeah. And then, um, you know, years later, we ended up sitting down having lunch. I didn't know that was your company prior. <laughs> and because uh, my other business partner ran into her and then said, he was just like, hey, Mikey, we got to go to lunch with somebody. I was like, okay, cool. Ask <laughs> questions. And then we met and it was awesome. We stayed in touch through social media because obviously with the pandemic, a lot mm -hmm, of people yeah. lost social touch in person. Yeah. Uh, but now we are <clears throat> back. So I am, you know, it is awesome to have you here to kind of tell your story because I felt like when I talked to you and we were kind of going through it I thought it was so interesting because you went through a lot yeah and you kept going you have that you know entrepreneur spirit yeah. and I want to make sure our listeners uh can find out about some of the stuff you've gone through and some of your growth over the last couple of years and some tips and other stuff yeah yeah so tell us a little Why? bit about the company <laughs> how, how you got started sure so um my company is Latched and Hooked Beauty. Mm -hmm. um, we focus on synthetic hair extensions. And, you know, I have to kind of take it back because if I kind of start here, it's like I'm starting in the middle of the story and I feel <laughs> like it won't connect because it's like, how did you get here? Yeah. You know, because sometimes people think I just like popped up. So no, let's take it all the way back. So yeah. when you were two, <laughs> uh, wait, maybe not that far, maybe not that far. <laughs> not that far, but um. So I am a former um, bank executive. Okay. So I used to work at Bank of America and I was um, assistant vice president of consumer and small business banking and did that for almost a decade. Um, left Bank of America in 2009 and um, decided I wanted to pursue um, entrepreneurship. Didn't necessarily, well, actually, at that time, I convinced my husband, I said, you know, I want to start a concierge service. And what I wanted to do was help celebrities that didn't really have time to, you know, do the things that they need to do, pick up their laundry, grocery shop, things like that. And I thought this is what I wanted to do. <laughs> and I actually, my first client, if you guys are familiar with her, Rashawn Ali, mm -hmm. um, radio personality, she was my first client. <laughs> she believed cool. in me, gave me the keys <laughs> to her house, 
you know, had to go do some things for her. And um, it was in my in my head. I didn't know that this is what I wanted to do, but it was supposed to be like the Instacart. Ah, yeah. You know what I mean? But I didn't, I didn't have that foundation, didn't know how to lay that foundation, you know, that well. But now that I see what Instacart is, I'm like, that's what I was trying to build. But I didn't really know how to do that at that time. Um, And then I just did a bunch of things. I did like a bridal tour. I created a magazine, um, eventually became an influencer and worked with companies like Disney and General Motors. And actually General Motors was one of my first, um, uh, they bought the first my first ad in the magazine when I created the digital magazine. Nice. They bought the first um, digital ad in the magazine. Um, but I would, you know, review resorts in Mexico. And all of that was nice and lovely, but it wasn't paying my bills. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, uh, this is great, but I need something that's going to pay my bills. And so I went, you know, most entrepreneurs have another side hustle. You know, because they're trying to make things, you know, ends meet. They're trying to scale and grow. And so for me, I said the easiest thing for me to do to make additional income would be to do hair, which is what I did when I was in high school. I used to braid hair. And so this is where the the dots start to connect. (laughs) There we go. Um, So I said, you know, so back then it was like 2014. I'm not sure if you remember. You you might remember. I don't know. You you don't do hair, Mikey. So, um, but the crochet braids was really starting to pop off and it was like girls were getting on Instagram and brushing out the synthetic hair and rolling around the rod and hot water (laughs) and putting all the towels around and saying they don't burn themselves and people were giving you know suggestions like get a whole bunch of towels put it around you so you don't burn yourself (laughs) and like we're literally dipping our heads in boiling hot water and I was like, oh, this is cute. Now, crochet is not an, anything new. Right. We did it back in the day, but I loved the new look of this faux rod set. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is cute. I can do this. This is easy. So that's what I started doing. I started just doing just crochet. And I was making like $80 a head. <laughs> <laughs> you know, nothing crazy because, you know, people were still trying to grasp a hold of the concept of right. the style. And so um, I remember going to um, Mississippi for the holidays where my husband is from. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be in Mississippi for the, you know, for the holidays. I got to keep myself busy. And so I made some like some flyers and put it out there and was like, I'm coming from Atlanta. You know, everybody in Mississippi is like, oh, she's from oh, Atlanta. Exactly. It's like, oh, it's about to be popping because <laughs> no one's re- no one was like really. A lot of hairstylists, they were not doing the style because of... Third degree burns. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And nobody yeah. <laughs> nobody wanted that in their salon. They were right. like, uh-uh. Like, we're not trying to get sued because we burnt someone. So it wasn't... that. It was more of a DIY style. So I was like, okay, I'm going to put the flyer out there. I'm going to do some hair while I'm, while I'm out there. And so I got booked up, did some hair. But there was this one customer that I had... <clears throat> When I was doing her hair, I said, make sure you don't move because the water is really hot. I'm going to dip your hair. Um, You know, you have to be still. So I put the towels around her. And it wasn't the water. It was the steam. Mm. And she moved. She jumped. And a little bit of the water, like, caught her. And it was from that point, I was like, you know what? This is dangerous. I'm not trying to get sued. I'm not licensed. You know, it has to be a better way. And so that six-hour drive from Mississippi back to Atlanta, I'm thinking like, 
it has to be a better way. I'm like, why doesn't this hair already come pre-curled? You know? Mm -hmm. So I remember, you know, once I got back home the next day, I went to the beauty supply store and I'm looking high and low, high and low, nothing. There wasn't even any crochet hair on in on the aisles. Oh wow, no crochet, which is hard for <laughs> people to believe. Right, this is twenty fourteen. Okay, so it's hard for people to be like, "What? No crochet, no crochet braids, no crochet locks, no crochet anything." It was just braiding hair, or the Marley hair yeah. that a lot of people um, use to do like twists and things like that. And I was like, "Okay, I if I pre curl this because I'm I I had started." pre-curling anyway and that would take me a long time too to pre-curl and try to um have the hair already curled before the client came so that I could just you know loop it around um so I was like let me make some samples so I just got some rods some flexi rods and made different sizes went to the container store got some little containers put each curl in the container and um this is kind of an accelerated version now, but ended up sending it to a manufacturer and they duplicated the curls. Actually, it was um, a few manufacturers du- duplicated the curls, sent it back. The duplication was actually better than the sample that I sent. And I was like, OK, oh. it's on and pop. <laughs> we can sell this hair already pre-curled and looped. Um, for me, you know, I wanted to make sure that the experience that came along with it was better than what black women would typically experience by going into the beauty supply store. For sure. yep. So the packaging was also top of mind for me. I was like, I don't want this in a plastic bag because, you know, synthetic hair is typically synonymous with cheap for black women. And yeah. for a lot of black women, that's what you could afford was the synthetic hair. I know for me, that's what I could only afford. I didn't wear human hair, which is why I'm not in the human hair space (laughs) because I don't understand it. I'm in synthetic because that's what I understand. I was braiding when I was 16 years old. I know how how the synthetic hair works. I know how to manipulate it. I know what it's going to do. And so for me, it was about trying, how can I make women buy this? Because I knew that I was going to be selling it at a, at a, at a um, cost that was more than what they had experienced. Right. This wasn't yeah. going to be $5 hair. This right. was going to be $20 a box. And to try to sell synthetic hair for $20 for one when you need four. Yeah. They're like, girl, what? <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm used to paying $5. Yeah. You know, or three foot seven or something like that. But you're telling me I need four boxes and you're selling it for $20. And so I had to make the consumer feel like this was um, a luxury experience, Mm -hmm. you know. So we started packaging it in boxes and that had never been done. You had never been able to buy synthetic hair in a, a nicely decorated box a cute little box mm-hmm. um so that's an accelerated version you know coming out with the pre-corona looped hair um we launched uh mother's day weekend of 2015 ended up um uh getting a partner going through the whole thing and uh, we launched mother's day weekend of 2015 and that's 
That's how, how I got that's started. The I That's love the beginning. It. I so love leading it. up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say two parts I love about this is first, you were doing this, uh, literally almost killed someone and it <laughs> said there has to be a better way. Yeah. Right. And that's something, you know, I talk about in my book and just in entrepreneurship as general is like, you have to be really mindful of stuff that you're doing on the day to day. And yeah. if it's something especially repetitive that takes time, you have to say, hey, is there a way you can actually manufacture this to be done? Yeah. Right. And create a product. Second, which I really connected with, even though it's people listening, I'm like, what? <laughs> the drive home, the six hour drive home, I can't tell you how many ideas I had yeah. when I'm on a road trip driving home for a few different reasons. It's similar to a lot of us get ideas in the shower. Yeah. yeah. There's no distractions. And this is the importance of finding time for yourself to have zero distractions. You're mm -hmm. driving. You shouldn't be on that cell phone. Right. Okay. So you don't have I wasn't that. driving, by the way. My husband but was. Still, <laughs> but you're driving and you're just like in this car and it's like you have nothing to do because yeah. you're looking at signs and license plates of other cars. Whatever, like yeah. nothing. Mm -hmm. And you can come up with these ideas. Yeah. And it's the same time. Like a lot of times I'm in the shower and I get this idea because I have like zero distractions and no kind of. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm getting, I'm rushing to get out. I was like, let me write this down. Exactly. Let me put a note in my phone. Yeah. So like, that is so cool. When you said that, I said, I am the same, same thing has happened to me actually many times yes. for some of my ideas, mm -hmm. most of which didn't work, but I've had some great ones. <laughs> right. That, right. that did work. Well. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that's perfect. So yeah. go ahead, Z. Oh, I, I was just going to say, I love it. So one of the things that stood out to me was I thought about problem solving. I'm a yeah. very like, okay, there's a problem. What is the solution? Mm -hmm. And so for me hearing you say, this is an issue. Like we can't have boiling hot water over here, burning people, <laughs> you know, exactly. what is the solution to this? <laughs> it's making hair so that you can crochet it in and don't have to take the time to yeah. rot it and dip it. So I love that. But talk a little bit about um, leading up to getting it manufactured mm -hmm. and doing the boxes and everything. What were some uh, stumbling blocks or obstacles that kind of got in your way? Or was it a seamless process from mm -hmm. that thought you had in the car all the way up to launching? You know what? I'm, and I, I hate the reason why I hate to say it like this is because it's not always like this. Okay. Um, but it was a really seamless process. Okay. It was. Favor. And, and <laughs> honestly, I think that, um, I just came around along at the right time. Mm -hmm. I came, you know, and you don't get that a lot of yeah, times. Definitely. You don't get that chance a lot of times. Yeah. You know, I, there, there was no competition on the market there was definitely none yeah and so i literally slid in to a space where there was no competition um and didn't have any for two years you know before um they started do you know the asian market started right. duplicating the process mm -hmm. you're like oh shit like she's you know we see this name everywhere People are wearing it. People are buying it. We need to jump on it. Yeah. You know. But it was a different name initially, mm -hmm. right? And then it eventually switched. So, no, it's actually still. So, um, was it, was it's it, Curl Kalon. The, the company is Curl Kalon, and it's still in operation today. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, and so, um, I ended up selling the business in 2018. Okay. But in the midst of selling it, because it took a long time through court and every all of that, um, I started Lashing Hook in 2016. Got it. Okay. okay. <laughs> so we weren't even in business for, um, you know, two years, completely two years. And we were already a multi-million dollar company. That's um, amazing. Because we didn't have any competition. Um, 
you know, we were using um, customers, you know, and, and their testimonies mm-hmm. and pictures and influencer. And because I came from the influencer space, space, yeah. I was calling on my friends like, hey, can I send you some hair? Can you? And they were like, yeah. This looks <laughs> Everyone cool. wants hair. Sure. Yeah. They're like, this looks cool. Yeah, I'll do this. And they were doing their hair and posting for me. And I didn't have to pay for it. And then I was doing crochet and I was still doing crochet and I was using the hair on my clients yep. and posting the pictures. And so it just, it was a perfect opportunity um, at that time. But even starting Lash and Hooked coming from Curl Colon still helped me, still put me in a really good space with Lash and Hook because people knew my track record. Yeah. You know, if I were to have started and no one knew who I was. I didn't have a track record. I wasn't necessarily known kind of like in the influencer space or by people or just people just knowing who I was and and knowing that typically the things that I attach myself to um, are really great things. Yeah. Um, then I'm not sure if, you know, it would have grown as fast. You know, as it did. As it yeah. did yeah. Well, you had your experience from you know, it's like you kind of were redoing it again under this. Yeah. So you already had that track record. And just when she says track record, not just because of her personally, but her expertise in business, setting up the websites, the shipping, the logistics, the packaging, the marketing, the everything else. She did it once for you to do it again. was probably a lot easier. Yeah. Right. So, and I would say like, you know, if I did have to say, you know, what was like difficult, you know, it was the, we used myself and uh, my partner at that time, we had found a sourcing agent. Gotcha. And that was difficult, you know, trying to understand how that worked. Mm-hmm. Um, but it ended up being really great because they were familiar with manufacturers. We didn't know anything about manufacturing or how to contact a manufacturer or what do you do? That was my next and question. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, what good. do you do? Where do you go? And so we ended up um, finding a product sourcing agent, Google, yeah, best friend, <laughs> and um, that helped us get to you know the next piece, and then just asking questions, really, just you know of the manufacturer and how all that works, and you know minimum quantity order, you know yeah. all of that, and what was really different is that you know a lot of times you might contact the manufacturer who already has a product that's already created. Mm-hmm. And so you just say like, oh, I want that. And they're like, okay, how many? And then you buy it. With ours, there was no, it was nothing. Yeah, You know, we had to send them a product and they had to send it a, a, a completed product back. And we had to make sure that it met our um, specifications or what have you. And so that is where it's a little bit different because we weren't like, we weren't, a distributor right we were literally creating a product from scratch i love that so talk a little bit about um you say you sold the company in 2016 2018 oh you sold it in 2018 mm-hmm. so talk about kind of being like a new <clears throat> business because you were around for about two years or so mm-hmm. um how hard was it selling the company that early and what were some of those thoughts that you had surrounding mm-hmm. man am i selling it too early like is yeah. this a great sale like what does that look like so I did not sell the company because I wanted to okay. or because we were in a great spot. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't have a choice. Okay. So without going into all of it, because, you know, we're still kind of bound by the whole legal thing. Um, basically, I had a partner. My partner felt that she could run the company by herself. 
and she'd be better um, fit to run the company by herself and decided to do what's called an owner lockout. Mm. And so um, one day I woke up and I could not get into any of our systems. All the passwords were changed. Um, nothing worked. Um, we had just the warehouse actually that Mikey spoke of. I was actually going to the warehouse that day um, to process orders and couldn't get in. Wow. And was told that the reason why I couldn't get in, we actually just moved into that warehouse. And so I had not yet signed the lease. So her job was, you know, you take care of this. I'm going to take care of this, you mm-hmm. know. And we had only been in there, I think, two days, maybe one. Oh, wow. And the day I was getting in, I think, was like the second day. Like we had just got moved in. And um, I hadn't signed the lease. And the... um leasing manager was like unfortunately I can't let you in because your name is not on the lease but I'm like but you were there when we like I don't understand (laughs) but because my name was on that paper I could not get in and so imagine like wow I'm (laughs) like and this we've talked about it for years about the importance of having a good partnership, yes. and the right person. And oh my God, aligned. I cannot stress mm-hmm. enough. It is because I've been through some bad partnerships before. Fortunately, mm-hmm. now I'm so careful and have mm-hmm. much more experience with this. Yeah. So everything's good. It is like I couldn't imagine that feeling, that experience, and yeah. everything else. And that's what, you know, I've grown a lot from that. And actually, I, you know, when every time I think about it, I think about the fact that. It had to happen that way yeah. in order for me to be able to tell this story, <laughs> you Definitely. know what I mean, and help yeah. other entrepreneurs. Because when we started, I just thought when you do something together, it's 50-50. Right. You know, no, <laughs> you never go into partnership with anybody 50-50. Because in this, just in this case, in my case, when something happens, there is nobody in the middle to basically say, well, no, actually, you know, she's right. Yeah. And this should happen. Actually, let me get in that middle of that because yeah. I've been going through this with upcoming contracts and more partners that we've been doing. Most people don't even know about some of our partnerships, which I like to keep that way. <laughs> um, but there is, and this is important because Zakir and I actually just recorded an episode before this. We have a conference coming up mm-hmm. that we're going to have a uh, lawyer speak for 45 minutes and mm-hmm. talk about this exact stuff. Mm-hmm. But inside your contract, you can have basically says, if you are 50-50, you can yeah, say you can have a this person yeah. is in charge. Yeah, yeah. For sure. So like moving forward, yeah. all our contracts, I don't care who I partner with, yeah. Mikey's in charge yeah. right. because you can't I am not going to let something like that happen. Yeah. Because I've it's, been screwed, you've been screwed, so you're not going to let it happen again. Like, yeah. if you're running this and you're the expert, yeah. you should be the one in charge. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And the problem that I had was when I went to court, there's, I mean, okay, you're 50-50. Well, she has a right and she has a right. Yeah. There is, the law can't even get in the middle and make the decision. Because, to your point, there's no, it's very gray. And, and the law doesn't like gray. They basically say, sell the company. Yes, yeah. that's what that's that's the end result. Is yeah. is like oh, you guys can't uh, can't get along or figure this out. Yep. Okay, sell it, just sell it. sell it. Wow, right. and, start and actually, I um, <clears throat> so yeah, so that part, and then our paperwork was just very sloppy, very Googleish. Mm-hmm. So there are things that Google-ish. again, <laughs> where is Google is good, 
when it comes to contracts, people, please, please, Hire please, a please, please. <laughs> I cannot stress enough. And it's not even honestly that expensive. So it's some not. people are listening to this, and this is what I why I like to go in a little bit more with this because this is in our industry. This is the lacking portion is so Business, great yeah is you can find a lawyer generally to do these contracts a lot of times it's going to be as long as you can kind of like don't just go in there and be like i don't know what i need this idea do a little research have yeah. a little understanding to get this nice contract built out it's generally going to cost you less than a thousand dollars to be honest with you yeah. they do these all the time right they have kind of their own kind of templates they work with they yeah. can do all this stuff so yeah. like and if you can't go into a business with having a little bit of money for legal with a partner you probably should hold off yeah, on that I say business. That all right. the time. It's not worth it. I yeah. say that it's not all worth it, right? Would you do that? No. There's no way. I say it all the time. And I, you know, people push back on me about that, but I'm just like, honestly, it's like if you can't afford to get these things set up, like people are always going for the website and all the pretty stuff. And yeah. it's like, no, you've got to get this stuff right. Because if it doesn't, I'm an example. I have spent thousands of dollars, over $40,000 fighting this case to the point where it was just like, I had to make the decision where it was just like, Tiffany, you have to let go. You got to start over because you're bleeding your family dry of money that you don't have to spend on legal fees. I went through three attorneys. Wow. Um, Even that situation like I thought when I hired my first attorney I didn't know that that she wasn't a litigator nor did she tell me but I didn't know that I thought a lawyer was a lawyer was a lawyer I thought that if you're a lawyer you can get in a courtroom you can do anything no so she ended up hiring a lawyer who was a litigator so that cost me money right you know Mm -hmm. and then I didn't know that you need an attorney who specializes in business right because then I ended up getting an attorney. He was an entertainment attorney, didn't know anything about business. And was uh. up there in front of the judge. And they were asking him things he didn't even know what wow. we were talking about. Wow. So it's like, <laughs> it, 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 it's like all, it sounds, you know, again, like it just sounds like you should know that. But if you think about it, you're like, oh, if you're an attorney, you're how a t- you, you can help me. Yeah, how would you and, know? And mm-hmm. unfortunately, they won't tell you because they want the money. The money. Yeah. I, I honestly, yeah, I would go into like a business partnership, right, of of this. And I'm actually glad because I didn't know how much you would. I knew a little bit of the background mm-hmm. story. I didn't tell anything to secure because mm-hmm. I want to see what would come out or not. Mm-hmm. But I would be very like red flag if you're going into a partnership with someone and they're like, oh, we can do all the paperwork later. Don't yep. worry about it. Yeah. That's I'd be worried flag. about that. Mm-hmm. I'm almost, to be honest with you, I this is a little bit more extreme and it does get a little more I get personal, a credit check too. But that's good. That oh, part. She yeah. just nailed it. Is you have, if you want into business, like if, if like, I could really, really, really go into it, but I'm just yeah. telling y'all get you, get a back, background check, get you a credit check, yep. know the people that you are going in business with. Because again, like I said, Crocolon is a multimillion dollar business. Yeah. And if someone is not used to making that type of money, yeah. Or all kind of things is going to go wrong because all they see is the money. They're yeah. not seeing the the building aspect. Like I was for me, I was looking at the building aspect, the legacy aspect. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, like my children's children are going to be able to benefit off of this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then someone who is not used to having that is thinking like, oh, I want to buy a car. I want to buy a house or I can go on vacations. What? 
It's like the business made this money. Right. It's not yours. <laughs> that part too. Yeah. That part too, because people will also want to use the business as a piggy bank. Yeah. And it, so it's just, it's so much that I don't even know if we have time, but it's just, it's so much but this that stuff it's, is it's, really it's important. so yeah. important. It is like choosing a spouse for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You know what oh, I mean? For sure. Yeah. It is that serious. And so the contracts need to be tight, you know, um, asking questions, you know, really understanding what, what is your partner? Where do, when you talk to your partner, where do they see this business, this relationship going? You know, how is this benefiting the overall, you know, their overall life? Yeah. You know, um, you want, you just want to know that stuff and you want to know the background of your partner as well, because that could come back and bite you as well. And so, um, so to your point, like I didn't want to sell the company but I had to. Okay. And um, it hurt, you know. It was like, I mean, I don't know what it's like giving a kid up. I don't know that. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it was very painful, you know, to do because I knew where I wanted to take the company and I wasn't confident that the person that I was selling it to could take it there. I didn't even get to pick who I was actually selling it to. Actually, my partner was trying to sell it to them without me knowing mm. and I ended up finding out in court wow that this pro that this that this um conversation was being had and I had to contact them like um yeah do you know that I exist <laughs> and that wow she cannot sell the company to you because I own half of it <laughs> half yeah. of the company <laughs> and so um it wasn't a cheerful um happy situation Um, it was just something that I had to do. Yeah. And so I made peace with the fact that it had to be done and, um, you know, started, like I said, started over in 2016 with Lash and Hooked from ground zero with the first picture showing on Instagram with the first, (laughs) you know, me, you know, creating the logo myself, Mm -hmm. you know, um, with the little bit of money that I had left after all of the legal fees, um, and so it it was daunting in the beginning because I was literally in competition with myself. And when I say myself is like I started Crocolon. Right. I started the foundation of Crocolon. That's that whole the Crocolon has a story. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like I'm starting over and I'm competing against the very business that I started. And so in the beginning, a lot of people were confused sure. because they were like, is this a sister company of Crocolon? Like, cause again, remember we were dominant in that market. Right. And so when you saw a pre and loop, uh, pre and loop crochet here, you automatically associated that with Crocolon. And so people, um, we're, we're saying things like I was, I was, uh, copying Crocolon and I was stealing pictures and wow. All kind of things, yes. but I just had to keep pushing because I knew yeah, what I wanted to do. And so ironically, how Lash and Hook's um, story evolved was uh, a couple years after starting Lash and Hooked, my oldest daughter got her hair braided for the first time. And when she went to get her hair braided the day after, she experienced scalp irritation mm. from the hair. And she started breaking out in her scalp really bad, pus. Wow just breaking out really bad. So we had to take the hair out 
It was hair we bought from the beauty supply store because at that time, Latch and Hook only sold pre-curled and looped crochet hair, nothing else. Just the curls. And was that, um, <clears throat> were those the curls that you initially mm-hmm. created with the manufacturer? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I switched manufacturers. Okay. So I didn't stay with the manufacturer because my partner tried to stop the, the manufacturer. Gotcha. Yeah, mm-hmm. tried it. So I was like, well, actually my mom was like, yeah, you need to get out of there and find another manufacturer because you don't want her to be able to stop your business. Right. So I ended up finding a, um, another manufacturer. Um, but it was my, the incident that happened with my daughter that actually pretty much created who really, who we are today. Um, and again, it goes back to solving problems. And so it made me more interested in how the hair was being manufactured Mm -hmm. versus just the, you know, the hair to style itself. Yeah. I was like, why? And so when I was doing my research, I'm like, there's all these women, because I don't suffer from scalp hair. Like, I can buy hair from the beauty supply store, and I'm fine. Yeah. Um, but my daughter cannot wear beauty supply store hair at all. She can only wear lash and hook because wow. she would her, she would get irritated. Her scalp would get irritated. She'll itch and scratch and all of that. And so when I was doing my research, I was like, oh, there's a whole community of other women who are dealing with this. And they're soaking the hair in apple cider vinegar, trying to stabilize the toxins or trying to get the toxins out. And I'm like, well, why should you have to buy a product and go through all these different steps just right. to be able to enjoy it, <laughs> you know? And you know as well as I do, growing up as a young black girl, we're taught that basically beauty is pain. Mm-hmm. Sit still, I'm going to put this hot comb in your hair. Ooh. It might burn your ear or mm-hmm. burn your forehead. I got a lot of burns. You know, <laughs> um, the braid so tight that it, you, you, we, <laughs> I don't know if you thought this, but we used to think if the braids weren't tight, it wasn't right. It was from that point on that I was like, you know, I have two daughters. And for me, it was very important to debunk this myth that beauty equals pain, Mm -hmm. you know, for a lot of black women. Right. That you don't have to be in pain or feeling some type of pain to 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 feel like it's right or or oh, it's just beauty. I love that. You know, and so nor did I feel like I should spend money and have to do all of these steps before I can enjoy it. So I started partnering with the manufacturer to find out, you know, I got a um, material safety data report to look at all of the chemicals that were being used in the formulation of the synthetic hair. I didn't even know what synthetic hair was made out of. (laughs) Like I just made up in my mind that it was like a combination of of shit. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. You know, we just, it, you know, some people say it's horse hair. Some people, you know, we, I don't know. We just making up stuff. And I was like, I should know how this is being made. And so I started getting really excited when I found, I was like, oh my God, this is STEM. This is science, technology, engineering, and math. Like it, it literally takes a series of chemicals to create this fiber and then make it into a textured looking human hair, hair type of, you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, it, and then I was like, oh my God, this is so interesting. And so I had a um, sorority sister who introduced me to a polymer chemist. And she helped me to understand how those composites come together to be able to create the synthetic hair and why women are probably experiencing um, the pain. And that even though they're soaking it in the apple cider vinegar, it's not actually taking the toxins out. It's just stabilizing because vinegar is an acid. And so she's just dropping knowledge and, you know, gems. And I'm like, okay, like, (laughs) you know, and so I'm partnering with her to try to, you know, 
figure out like, you know, how can I create, how can I take these chemicals that may be the issue and replace them with a chemical that's safer? And so she worked with me on that. And so I was able to um, get with the manufacturer and do that. And so what separates Lash and Hook now from any other synthetic hair extension company on the market is that our chemicals are non-toxic. And so now, whether you suffer from scalp irritation by wearing synthetic hair, you can wear hair that's just safe, period. Because yeah. at the end of the day, who wants to wear anything that has toxins in it? Right. So now you have a choice of what you want to, you know, what you want to do. And so, um, you know, we've just been able to help, you know, so many women. We're global. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have um, shipped to every state except for one, which is so funny, but 49 states, 15 countries, and really just been able to help, you know, women take back their confidence because the, the, the whole thing is like, we want women to feel as good as they look. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, What's the one I love state? That. What's the one state? I'm going to get you a sale on that state. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Wyoming. Okay. Is it Wyoming? Yes. I'll get you a sale on the state this week. <laughs> okay. I'm serious. I can do it. I, I love like, it. I got people in Wyoming. I was like, I don't know we're, anyone we're, in Wyoming. We're, we're, we're <laughs> filling up the 50. We're all 50. Okay? That's, That's what I'm hilarious. saying. I was like, Yes. One thing that I love, though, is the tenacity and ambition behind, like, failure. Like, you failed. You could have quit. It could have been like, oh, my God, I'm dying. Like, this isn't going to work. But then you literally paused, took a second, and then started again. And you're successful with what you started. So I love that. And people who are listening, I love that you're able to hear these failure stories, because we all hear and we know that without failure, there's no success. And sometimes that's not true. But for majority of times, it's true that you're going to go through things, you're going to fail before you even reach that peak. So I love that. Yeah, I mean, I, for me, you know, I, I don't know if I would have said this, you know, um, five years ago. But what I know now is that there are lessons within failure. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not failing, you're not learning, right? You know, so everybody wants to be successful, but the path to success is being able to understand that you, that you have to fail along the way in order Definitely. to learn. So everything that I've um, failed at and, and happened over, you know, the last six years, um, I learned some very valuable lessons. And again, I'm able to share that with small business owners, founders, you know, who are who are starting or you know, trying to scale and grow or what have you. But, you know, I think that everything that has happened to me thus far is not like luck. It's it's a direct correlation to just how hard I work. Yeah. And um, just staying committed to um, the mission of, of really servicing, you know, black women and making sure that they have access to safe um, beauty products. Yeah, I love it. So where did the, when did the patent come into place? The patent actually came into place with Curl Colon. Okay, so you were able to take that and use that mm -hmm. and that was yours. Yeah, that was like <laughs> like one of the only things that I was <laughs> able to kind of get in the, um, you know, in my settlement. Um, but that was really important for me and I really right. fought hard for that because um, when we were creating everything that was the one thing that I was like we got to get a patent yeah like I that was something that I said I, you know patents and trademarks those were like really important to me and um and so I fought hard for that you know going through my settlement because I'm just like you know 
if it were not for me, who knows if this product would have ever been created. Create, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I love that. That's interesting because you go to extremes for your products, and it just when she's when you're talking about it, it just reminds me of some of the stuff that I do, and people are like, "You're crazy," because <laughs> I'm working on this new project, and I was telling my accountant because I was asking for some advice, and then have to talk to a lawyer about it just because I want to move forward in the right way. And he's like, wait, tell me a little bit more about this. I'm not really getting it. I was like, I don't really need you to get it. I just need you to tell me what <laughs> to do. Right. <laughs> me telling you what, the, ha, yeah. what I'm doing is yeah. going to cost me more money. Yeah. But I'll go ahead and tell you a little bit. So mm -hmm. he's just like, and then he just was like, all right, no charging for this. But I got to let you know. He's like, you are literally crazy. He's like, in a good way, because you look at something and yeah. you will go to any extreme to find out how to do this product yeah. the right yeah. way. Mm -hmm. And and at the end of the day, it's always got to be good for who are not good, great, great. for the consumer, yeah. whoever is going to be utilizing this product and well, making it's changes. More, it's more pressure on us too, I would say. And I'm saying us because even as a black woman creating hair in an industry that is predominantly known to be owned by a whole nother demographic. Right. And you've got to be great because people are looking at you like, what do you know about black hair? So you got to, I have Dallas Christopher, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's a lot of pressure because you yeah. got, you've, you know, people, especially in this day and time, because Definitely. people are asking questions. Is this black owned? Because they, they are questioning how can you tell me about something that I've been dealing with all my life? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's important to, um, you know, really know what you're talking about in this space because people are, are challenging you along the way. And so we have to be 10 times better than what was already available. Yeah, you know, definitely. So what have been some of the successes with Latched and Hook since you started? Yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of successes, a lot of, um, you know, coverage, you know, um, tons of press. Yeah, yeah a I lot of press, <laughs> a lot of press. And, you know, the press for me doesn't <clears throat> what it does for me is it validates us in the space. Mm -hmm. Sure. You know, yeah. um, that's all it does for, for us. Well, it also I mean, get, it'll get you sales. It gets you yeah. sales. Yeah, it gets you sales. Get sales, get it into does. another market. Yeah. SEO get you links to your website and your yeah. goods. So there's there's a lot it does. with there, press. There is, but you know, it was really important in the beginning to get validated because again, <clears throat> people are skeptical, right? <laughs> with yeah. with buying from hair companies, right? You know, because there's just you know, just especially when you don't have like I don't have we don't have a brick and mortar, so you know, there's always skepticism of like am I buying from a company that's real and will I get the product that they're showing me or is it going to be something else and yeah. so being able to say like oh we've been in essence and black enterprise and we've been mentioned in Forbes and we've been in Inc 5000 and like you know all these different things or whatever it really just heightens you know our visibility um even with all that <clears throat> people are still going to question you oh people right. still, que you know, people still yeah. question but i mean it's easier yeah, to be able to yeah. shoot them a link like right. hey if you don't if you've never really heard of us like hey we were just like this great article by good morning america let me send it to you or whatever yeah. or like in our um email efforts we just continue like for me what i do like in my email efforts i continuously tell my story about why I started. So I always go back to the why at yeah. least every few months I go back to the why and why I started and I t retell my story again. And, um, you know, 
add a link in there where people can kind of read like the full scope of it and I also you know like it used to be really painful for me to even talk like bring up curl Kalan and and mention it Mm -hmm. but because you know my partner was also at that time she was also trying to make like trying to erase me, which she still does. Like she tries to erase me mm. and she'll be like, I'm the founder of Curl Kalan. But my thing is like, like I told you before, like I really can't tell my story right. without starting there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's a part of my story. It and is. so I used to be, I, I used to be really afraid to talk about it because like I didn't want just any negative attention right. brought yeah. towards it. And it was like, I don't want to be seen as like, Oh, she's bitter and like blah, blah, blah. But now I'm like, nah, like it's part of my story. Like, yes, yes I, I started something created great. I created idea. it was my idea. Yeah. I brought someone in. It was my right. idea. And it's just it's a part of my story. It it is what it is. Yeah. And so um I'm proud of what I did and what I was able to accomplish. And I'm and I'm, you know, I'm still excited that people still get to experience it. Yeah. And and, you know, hopefully it continues, you know, on and it, you know, and it does great. Um, but I'm in a new lane. I've yeah. got a new mission. You know, my values, you know, are set. There's a story there. And I just really believe, like, if you don't really have, like, a solid story behind why you started a business, like, the longevity of the business may not. Right. It may. But it may. It's just sometimes it's just not as, you know, powerful. And people connect to the story. Yeah. A lot of times before they connect to the product. Right. Yeah. And so, um, like, even just going on more about what you were asking is like success. Like one of the things that I'm like really proud of is, you know, we were backed by Google last year and that was really, um, a very sentimental moment Mm -hmm. just because, you know, a tech company invested in this hair extension company because they got what we were trying to do. They got what we were, you know, what, what our mission is. And, um, you know, we got $100,000 in non-dilutive capital, and that really allowed us to be able to do a lot of things that, you know, had was in my notes section yeah. in my phone, <laughs> you know, you gotta and love bring some things to life and move into a warehouse space that we desperately needed because I was still like shipping products out of my basement of my home. And like, I had no room, <laughs> you know, so I yeah. desperately needed that. You know, and, I know that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know, I needed to hire employees and I needed to bring new products to life and just so many things. And that really just helped us. And it, again, it also, um, validated us. Yeah. You know, because like, well, Google invested in us. Like, what's your right. deal? What's your, <laughs> what's your deal? <laughs> what's heard of Google. Yeah, right. It's like, what's your deal? Um, and, but, you know, so that was like a really great moment. And, you know, it's just, I mean, there's like tons of things that have happened. And, you know, we were, um, Ulta Beauty named me one of 100 inspiring black voices in and around beauty. I saw that, yeah. And gave me five, ten thousand. Sorry, ten thousand dollars. And I was like, "How does Ulta even know my name?" <laughs> like, you know. So it's like for me, my head is always down. So yeah. like, you know, I'm always working, and so to get like these little things, it's inspiring. It helps to keep me going, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't have an investor. I'm bootstrapping this thing, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I know that I need one probably at some point, maybe, <laughs> maybe not, but, um, you know, it's hard because like in this, 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 um, founder world, 
you can get very caught up in trying to grow fast. Yeah. You know, and I had to step back and say, it's not about growing fast. It's about growing the right way. Right. And, you know, sometimes, you know, it's not a sprint. It, you know, it, it's, it's a marathon, mm-hmm. you know, and it's okay if you're moving slower than others. And so I just have to keep reminding myself of that because sometimes like, you know, even I don't know at what point I was having this conversation with some, with another founder. And it was like, I'm not sure at what point like a million dollars became like this golden carrot that like everybody was trying to achieve to, but understanding that someone who has a million dollar business or even a multi-million dollar business and someone who has um, a six figure business, the six figure business could, could be doing better than the multi-million dollar business. If, you know, if the revenue is not being, um, used properly right yep and so it's also just about freedom like what is like what are you gaining from it like for me I'm able to take my daughter to the dermatologist yeah. without having to <laughs> beg someone for time off <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean you know I'm able to go on vacations and leave my employees because they know what to do because we have put the right um processes in place you know it's it's being it being able to take off on Wednesdays I'm off on Wednesdays you know that's a big thing that was really important to me to just have a day off that I can relax and do some things that I want to do because I'm going hard in my business every other day and so Wednesdays I take off and everybody knows that and they don't call me unless something is on fire yeah (laughs) um and so you have to figure out what is valuable and important to you, you know? So I don't strive to become a million dollar company. You know, I strive to make sure that, um, we're profitable, that, you know, I'm regularly talking to my accountant, trying to figure out how can I cut expenses, you know, making sure that, um, you know, I know where our money is going and how yeah. it's being spent and I'm using it wisely. And again, setting the processes in place and, and pouring into employees, you know, and though, and I'm happy, Yeah, <laughs> you know, that. I'm yeah. happy. And I know that I, wherever continuously doing this, I'm going to continue to grow. Definitely. I'm out as long as I'm outpacing last year, I feel good about yeah. that, you know? Um, so I'm not chasing a dollar amount yeah. and saying like, oh, if I get this, I'm successful. I know I'm successful because my customers are telling me every day and they're emailing me and yeah. telling me like, I haven't been able to wear synthetic hair in decades. And now I can. And I continuously get those type of stories. So I'm like, yeah, I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, I love that. I did see that um, I'm a sucker for a great subscription box. And I yeah. did see that you guys have the BYOB um, box. So talk a little bit about that and why yeah. you started that box and how it works. Yeah, so <clears throat> I noticed that women were buying like a crazy amount of like braiding hair. Mm-hmm. So after my daughter had that situation, we came out with the braiding hair and the braiding hair is actually our number one product. Um, not even the curls anymore, it's the braiding <laughs> hair. And so I noticed that women were buying like crazy amounts, like 10 packs, 12 packs, 14 packs. And I was like, why are they buying so much? Like, I mean, I love it, yeah. but like, why are they buying this much? And I realized that they didn't know how much hair they needed to complete a style. Mm. So I went to the braiders that's in our network and I was like, Hey, um, how many packs of hair did you use for that style? 
How many packs of hair did you use? So we did that for like a year. Okay. And asked how many. And we found out that they didn't use any more than four to six packs of hair. So I was like, okay. So I was like, let's bundle it. So we started first with like bundling with the braid box. And we sold the... um the hair in a box, mm-hmm. which is called a braid box. And we still sell it and we sell on Amazon as well. Um, <clears throat> and then I was like, okay. Then I kept seeing customers, like some of the same customers, like purchasing, purchasing. And I was just like, okay, there's something here. So yeah. I sent out a survey asking like, how often do you get your hair braided? And so when I saw that, I'm like, we should come out with a subscription box. Because what happens is, um, a lot of times these braiders have last minute ca- uh, cancellations and it's like, Hey, I've got an appointment and it's like, Oh my God, I need hair. I can't get it. Da, 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 da. So it's like, put it on subscription. You'll get it every month yeah. at the same time every month. That way, you know, when you'll have it, you can make your appointments accordingly and you always have a box of hair ready to go yep. so that when you see that cancellation, you grab your box and you go <laughs> to your appointment. That's genius. And it. Um, it was just easy and they could sample different colors, different, you know, pre-stretch, non-stretch. We have over 80 colors. So it's a very wow. exhaustive list of colors and it just gives people the opportunity to be able to, to try different colors because the colors are based on mood. Like today you might be purple tomorrow. You're pink. Yeah. Um, but every month you could literally try a new color and you can gift it. You know, if you have a daughter in the house, you can share it. Right. You know, so it's just, it was just something fun that I thought would be, um, you know, really cool. And also it brought in another stream of income, you know, for us. Yeah. We're trying to figure out other ways to diversify our revenue streams. I love that. I love that. So getting into like some of the nuts and bolts of where you are today with the business. Mm-hmm. So how many different, because you have 80 colors, and I started thinking 80 colors, and <laughs> probably it's just one length for those 80 colors? Um, so we have two, well, we have three lengths. Okay, so how mm-hmm. many, because I started doing these numbers, and I think, well, <laughs> how many products, SKUs, so how yeah, many? Yeah, we have about, like about many, 260. 260 SKUs, mm-hmm. okay. And then how many employees do you have right now? Seven. Seven employees, nice. wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, payroll's getting up there a little bit. <laughs> it is getting up there a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's getting up there a little um, bit up there a little bit so but you, you know we have you know customer service we have social media mm-hmm. we have um, warehouse associates so you know. what, what has been some of the challenges of finding new new staff mm. members the challenges is just finding them yeah right. <laughs> good quality um, the, people. yes good quality people finding them um i've scheduled interviews and people don't show up to the interviews yeah, we go through that. I'm Not like, me, but I have my, I'm like, my what office is manager. Going yeah. on? It's kind of crazy, right? It's very crazy. It's, very crazy. It's interesting to me because I think about it. And if you're one of those people, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> um, you know, I think about what I have to go through in a day. I think about what you go through in a day. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, if someone like is scheduling interviews and not showing up, like if you better change your mindset because yeah. they're watching social media. They think that all this stuff is so easy. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't want to live in my world. Mm-hmm. You're not ready. Mm-hmm. No. You know, like I just don't get the mind. I don't know if it's the younger generation. I don't know what it is, but it, it's somewhat worrisome. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is. It really is. And when they do get hired, it's like, you know, the calling out and or the no call, no show. Or the, you know, I'm a pretty 
coming from corporate mm-hmm. and having to manage like 600 people on a, a at one time and different age groups and and different attitudes and all kind of you know things or what have you I'm a very um I'm not I'm not like I'm not a vulture mm-hmm. you know I tell you what you're supposed to do and I just expect you to do, do it, it yeah you know Um, and so sometimes though, having that type of approach, people just get real lax. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so then you have to come back behind and it's like, you, you know, you're like the mean girl now because it's like, look guys, I'm okay. If you have, you know, if you have your cell phone on the floor, but like you can't be, you know, on TikTok and doing all these things. Cause if you mess up these orders, it's a problem. Yeah. Can't be going viral with it. Right. Exactly. No. You yeah. know, um, so it's just, um, and then I also employ a lot of young people. Okay. And yeah. kind of on purpose because I, I always wanted to pour into like young ladies. I have a lot of um, women that work, you know, young women that work with me. And it's just really important that I pour into these young women and help them to, you know, just grow as business women, whether they, whether it's their own business or they're working for someone, I always want to make sure that if they ever leave me, they can go into another workplace and, you know, be able to have leadership capabilities. I love that. You know, um, just because someone did that for me when I was in corporate, Uh, I tell the story all the time about um, one of my managers at Bank of America and how she really poured into me and how that um, gave me the opportunity to, you know, get titles and, and, and more money and more opportunities. And it was all because she poured into me. Like she could have just left me at 23, like, "Mm, okay, she got her little fishnet stockings (laughs) and you know, whatever, but I'm going to pull her to the side and talk to her and say like, Hey, if you want to be, in management, you've got to act and have some of the characteristics and qualities of a leader. And this is what you have to do. And she did that. And so I vowed that I would always do that for anybody that's working for me. So that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. I think it's important to, you know, as, as an entrepreneur, you know, to bring people with you mm-hmm. and, and that's what we really talk about our staff. I actually talked to one of our staff members that have been with us for a while. She's in customer support. Mm-hmm. And I said, look, you, this person and this person that are kind of like our key customer support in our showroom. I was like, you can't be doing the same thing next mm-hmm. year. Yeah. So we're going to have to start leveling you up and mm-hmm. getting your mindset to kind of like change a little bit. It's great right now, but change a little bit yeah. for more of a leadership. We can create a role, something. I don't mm-hmm. want you to be kind of like, we just keep bringing people in above you. Like yeah. you're going to have to do something to change that. Yeah. Right. Because Sometimes people need that little push, yeah, yeah, definitely. right? Yeah, because you just kind of get stuck in that day to day. I'm going mm-hmm. to work, this, that, the other, and you try to set up nice for them, and people get comfortable. Yeah. But being comfortable, I found, doesn't always put you in a winning position. Right. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> and I think it's great to, you know, I try to do this: sit down and say, like, what do you like to do? What are you really good at? You know, my husband had to remind me because there was like a day I was like really having a hard day. And he was like, you need to talk to your team because I bet you they have some of the answers that you need. And a lot of times employees will not say anything because they think that, well, he's the leader. She's the leader. They have the answers. Yeah. And they don't want to like approach you with maybe a solution because they think that 
it'll get knocked down or what have you. And so like one day, like we literally just sat there for like a couple hours and just like brainstorm stuff and was like, well, what do you think? You know, what could we do better? You know, and I tell them all the time, like, look, guys, I don't know everything. Yeah. You know, I need help. Mm -hmm. And if you guys have some ideas, you have some connections, you know, let's, you know, I'll try anything once. Let's try to figure it out together. And, um, you know, you just got to empower the employees and really make them feel like they're a part of, you know, the company. And I say our a lot because it's not like. I don't, I want them to feel like this is their you know, part of right. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Zakira, do you feel like you're talking to me sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, we sound. There are, like, there's so many similarities like, yeah, here. Yeah, we sound so much alike. And it's very rare to meet somebody like that. Right. You know, like, some people are just so in left field. Or, yeah. mm-hmm. like, just, you know, when we started this company, we literally came from, we started this company. The, our first investment was $14,000. We did another round of $14,000. That's all we've ever done for this company. Mm-hmm. No funding, no nothing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I understand the thing about like, you look at other companies that get funding, right? Mm-hmm. So one of our, they're, they're, we're in the same space, but kind of real different concept. Mm-hmm. They've raised over $40 million in our mm-hmm. industry, right? It's the first of its kind to raise mm-hmm. that much money in this industry. Yeah, I know you're talking And about. I'm like, hats off to them. <laughs> right. you know? But at the same time, like, just because you raised all this money, like a lot of people burn this money. Yeah. You know, they think like, oh, I have all this money now. And this is the common problem with some owners where they're just like, let me just go do all this crazy stuff. that doesn't make sense. And you start forgetting about what the customer really wants. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like you have like a good handle of what your customer wants, creating new products and services for them Mm -hmm. to make their experience with your products better. And it's so important to always stay client focused. I say it all the time. For sure. All the time. The clients, the clients are going to be what makes you win. Definitely. (laughs) You know, like I, I even like, I told them yesterday, like, there is no way that we could have shipped to 49 states and 15 countries without y'all because we were asking them to like, tell your friends, refer, like, you know, anybody in the army, like (laughs) they got hair issues. (laughs) Like they need hair. Like, you know, they were the ones helping us or like, if we need something, like we go to them. It's like, look, my email, the subject would be like, I need your help. (laughs) There you go. You know what I mean? And they open it quick. Yeah. And they're like sending stuff. I'm like, I'll send something. Like if I realize I don't have pictures of this particular hair, like I'll go through and I'll filter through, like, let me filter all the customers who bought this hair. And then I'm emailing them. Like, I know you bought this hair. I need some pictures. I know you got some, <laughs> no, you like, got some please send them to me. You know what I mean? So it's like, you have, like, they will make you win. Like yeah. you can't, let's can't forget about them. The customers definitely. Mm-hmm. And going back to um, the team aspect, I love, like how you said someone took you under their wings and kind of helped you. That was how I felt working with Mikey. So I, I think I was like the second employee at yes, private sir. private label extension. So I was with them for six years. Yeah. But still and with then, us today in a yeah, definitely, other definitely. Kind of roles. So you know. I've been able to learn so many things under Mikey's leadership. Um, and because he was the type of person who, when he saw something, it was like, hey, let's kind of shift and help you do this so that, you know, you feel more involved or you feel this way within the company. So that's so important when it comes to leadership, being able to identify 
who your employees are, what they need, and then how they can be successful within the company. Absolutely. And a lot of and the I'm things so glad that, that you told him that. Yeah, I've shared you this know. with him before. But a lot of the things that I learned under Mikey, I was I was able to walk away and take and incorporate into my own life and my own business. And even today, we still work together. We oh, do the sure. podcast together. Yeah, working I'm on like, the event. Yeah, this, yeah. There's uh, still, still a lot. She was in LA filming with us. Yeah, for sure, like, for yeah. sure. But I just love it because it's like I can walk away and do my own thing, but. Yeah still know that I can always come back to Mikey and I can always work with him and I can always get information from him. So it's a, a beautiful thing. I yeah. love that. And you said something really important because, and I, I kind of learned this a little bit um, from Shopify because they um, encourage their employees to start businesses while yeah. working with them. And they have several employees who have, you know, multi-million dollar businesses, wow. but create them under while working there, you know, and so I think as um, as founders, when we have employees, again, this is why it's so important to go to your employees and ask them, like, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I had an employee. She had a um, she made soaps and, you know, I would buy soaps and and her shea butters and, you know, and I'm like, hey, let's do a live together. Yeah. You know, trying to help her and and. You know, she's seen how we operate and how we store things and this, that, and the third. And she's able to learn that so she can build her business as well. And I think it's great when founders can pour into their employees to help them build something amazing as well. And not look at it from the standpoint like you're trying to keep somebody in this position forever. And knowing that there will be some some churn in the business. But churn is good. Churn Churn is is good. good. Yeah. It it means you're doing something incredibly right. And those employees are not gonna forget you. Definitely. When as they continue to grow and they'll be you'll be a part of their growth story as well. Definitely. I love that. So is what are one or two tips that you could give anyone out there who is looking to start a business, who's already um, been in business, having some trouble? What are just like one or two things that you could share? So I would I would say the first thing is making sure that you start. It's kind of something that I alluded to earlier is just making sure that when you're starting, starting something that has um a story and a problem connected to it. Yeah. Because if you're solving problems, like those are really like the, the companies that really have longevity um, because you're constantly, and you're not just solving, like we started with one problem. We've evolved to many different problems that we're solving. So you, you find a problem, you solve that, you find another problem, you solve that. Um, You know, so I, that's what I would say first. Um, sometimes hobbies are not necessarily businesses. (laughs) So you've got to, you know, figure out like how, if it is a hobby, like how is this really helping someone? Is it attached to helping someone? And then I think the other thing is like, I stay in a constant state of learning. Yeah. Um, learning from other people, reading books, um, going to entrepreneur conferences, Um, you know, I always tell people this, like I, I hesitate at the word expert a lot because to me, is my opinion, expert is, um, means like, you know, it all. Mm. And I feel like I might know a lot about something, but I don't think that I'll ever know everything about it. And so I don't like to say like, I'm an expert, you know, but I like to share what I already know about that, that topic. So I would just say like, staying in a constant state of learning, um, from other entrepreneurs who you might look up to yeah. that are doing really well in the space that you might want to be, or maybe not, it could be an indirect competitor. Um, 
and just figuring out like how can you get better I love reading I'm reading this book now called fix this next um and profit first I love that book as well um but find finding books reading really just expand your mind and um you know have you read the book I love it. Fearless Beauty? <laughs> <laughs> I know that you have the book Fearless Beauty and <laughs> I haven't gotten it yet. Well, I got a co- I got a few copies. Well, all right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I need, I need my copy then. I, I need nice my copy because I, I, I know you got some gems in there. Yeah, right. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm inspired. Thank you so much for Aww. joining and us I'm inspired. Today. Yes. This has been really great. Just being able to hear your story. Thank you. Um, and my it's always favorite, a pleasure to be able to share it. Definitely. My favorite part is is just the failure and the pickup like and just keep going building your team building the business trying out new things I was very in awe when you said you went to talk to a chemist because you wanted to find out what are these manufacturers putting in these products Mm -hmm. and you created a solution for the problem that your daughter has so I love that I loved it yes it's just I knew because I even said I said she's going to be a great guest. Yeah, <laughs> I knew she's been through it. Yeah, and because I think it's important for people to understand that you know right now things look all good. You're getting all these interviews and all this stuff, mm-hmm. but they don't really like. I think it's important to focus on the backstory because a lot yeah. of people don't understand. You know that a lot of times you have to go through a lot to get where you are today, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people are going through that now. Definitely. And I think it's important for for them to hear it from others to say, yeah, I understand. I went through this. This is my story. This is some of the things. And then, you know, my, people might be listening to this and say, oh, my God, I thought I I thought I was going through some stuff. Hers <laughs> is way worse. And look where she is today. Right. So that gives them, you know, gives you more hope. hope. Yeah. Definitely. You know, I think it's crucial. Yeah. So I'll share with everyone where they can find you, social media, website, all that good stuff. Yeah, for sure. So you can find me personally, Tiffany, at Tiffany Gatlin. It's my first and last name. I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Um, latched and Hooked is Latched and hooked.com so um we're also on amazon you can find uh, my products on amazon and um we're on instagram of course yeah. with Lash and hooked. <laughs> so it's latched the letter in and then hooked and so we're always posting on there we're very active very approachable you can hit us in the dm we'll respond and answer and um we're on youtube and yeah Love it, love it. And we'll put all of this in the show notes so you guys can um, click on the link, go to the website, make sure you check out the products, Um, especially if you are someone who has scalp irritation a lot. These products are specifically for you. But of course, anyone looking for synthetic hair can buy these products. Especially in Wyoming. Especially (laughs) in Wyoming. That Wyoming. Let's say that that 50. We need to hear the 50 guys. Especially in Wyoming. (laughs) Yes. I love it. So make sure you guys uh, check out all the other podcasts podcast like comment subscribe if you're watching us on youtube hey Hey. (laughs) all right and we'll be back with another episode of hair biz radio bye bye bye